What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up because my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I am your host, Art Stapleton. I am recording this. It is a rainy, miserable Friday morning here in the New York City area. The Giants are entering day two of their preparation for Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. And let's set the scene Seems like it's been a while for the Giants since they've been on a practice field, and it seems like it because it has. The Giants wore pads for the first time, other than the game in San Francisco, for the first time since they left for Arizona. Seems like forever ago. Giants are 1-2, and and... Yet another season-defining moment will come in their return to MetLife Stadium on Monday night. We'll get into that on today's show. Locker room interviews with Bobby Okereke. And we talked specifically about tackling. The Giants put an emphasis on that. And I sure hope so after what we've seen the last two games. The way this defense continues to chase big plays. Uh, not tackling, looking for the strip rather than wrapping up. I know some of that comes with pressing and feeling like you need to make a big play, but Okereke talks about that, uh, so we'll get into that in a little bit. And the starting right guard for the New York Giants, Marcus McKeithen, essentially a rookie. He's a first-year pro from the University of North Carolina, a draft pick last year, tore his ACL in August, so his entire rookie season was wiped out. But McKeithen was a surprise start in Arizona at right guard when Mark Glowinski was benched. He started the last two games. I got the chance to talk to him one-on-one, just as I did Okereke. Uh, McKeithen talked about his journey, what he's learned in a year, kind of watching Uh, His interesting relationship next to the guy that he played in college with, Joshua Zudu, uh, who started the last two games at left tackle. Uh, We'll get into that. And uh, I think you'll enjoy hearing from McKeithen for the first time. I know many of you have not heard from McKeithen, and why would you? Uh, And to be honest, that was the first time I really had to talk to McKeithen in depth Uh, Seems like a really good kid. Obviously, he knows the opportunity that's in front of him. That was some challenge that he had to face with no padded practices between his NFL debut against Arizona and such a high to end that game and then essentially two walkthroughs. Can't really work through his physical uh, limitations that he may have had in his season opener. Uh, and then go to San Francisco to play that defensive front. So we have those interviews coming up. Uh, I want to talk about the injuries. Here's what I think. I believe Ben Bredesen will be officially cleared from concussion protocol uh, sometime today. I think he uh, will be back in the starting lineup at left guard on Monday night against Seattle. 
Uh, I do think that Andrew Thomas has a good shot at playing on Monday night, but I don't believe that it's a lock uh, after watching him early on in Thursday's media viewing period. Uh, It still looked like Andrew was trying to loosen up a little bit. Uh, That may have just been, you know, under the orders of the training staff to take it easy. Let's see until you get into team drills. Uh, So I'm interested to see how Andrew progresses over the next couple days. The Giants will practice again on Friday. They'll be indoors today. Obviously, the weather in in New Jersey is horrible, as I mentioned. I'm in the car outside of the Giants facility right now. Uh, trying to record this podcast to get it to you uh, before the weekend begins. And uh, he was a limited participant, Andrew Thomas was, yesterday. Um, Seems to be moving around well in the locker room. We talked to him on Tuesday, and he said the biggest thing for him is to see how the hamstring responds, if he can get that full torque when he has to go up against a defender. Uh, And I think that's still to be determined or should I say it's uncertain uh, if he's there yet and you're not going to screw around with Andrew Thomas you want to get him 100% healthy he obviously got hurt on the blocked field goal on opening night 40 to nothing against the Cowboys Uh, he was chasing a play from behind pulled his hamstring uh, and even though it wasn't viewed as a long-term injury you know He's got to recover 100%. You don't want this lingering. And Thomas even said, had he pushed it and tried to play against San Francisco, uh, there was caution from the training staff that it could get worse and might knock him out for an extended period of time. Giants played three games in 11 days. You know, it seems like the season is already half over. It's only three weeks. They're one and two. Uh, But this next stretch of three opponents – that were all in the 2022 playoffs, just like the Giants were. Uh, And I'll give Tiki Barber credit. I heard him use this phrase on WFAN, on his show, Evan and Tiki, that, you know, it's, it's a peer tier. You know, the first three games, the Cowboys and the 49ers, you were looking to prove you can make a step up in competition. They did not. Uh, although at times against the 49ers, I, I did see the competition that the Giants need to have. Uh, and then obviously the second half against Arizona. Arizona comes out last week and beats Dallas. So maybe, just maybe, Arizona is a better team than most observers were giving them credit for when the Giants came back in that historic second half comeback uh, to get their only win. You not only face Seattle at home, but then it's a back-to-back on the road in Miami, which is just coming off of scoring 70 points against the Broncos. Look, I think the Dolphins are excellent. If two is healthy, that speed on the offense will kill you. Uh, Obviously, Tyreek Hill Hill and Jalen Waddell coming back. They're, They're playing Buffalo in Buffalo this weekend. And then the Giants play the Dolphins next Sunday in Miami Gardens. And then they will play Buffalo in Orchard Park on Sunday Night Football the following week. The homecoming of sorts for Brian Dable, Joe Shane going back to Buffalo, Bobby Johnson, uh, Shea Tierney. A lot of the Buffalo guys that are here uh, 
special times that they had up in Buffalo. So that'll be an interesting situation. Uh, but look, there is no sugarcoating it. The Giants need to get to 2-2. Two and two. And this team needs to show something. They really do. They need to show something. Yes, in the second half of Arizona, the offense really exploded. Daniel Jones was outstanding. But it seems like there's a spark missing. And I'm not sure where that spark needs to come. But the best players on this team have to perform. They have to raise their level of the game. Because the Giants have a lot of young players on this team. You know, in two years, we may be looking at Tay Banks and John Michael Schmitz and Jalen Hyatt and, you know, other rookies, whether it's Kayvon Thibodeau or Evan Neal or Wandale Robinson. These guys may or may not be leaders on this team. But right now, the best players on this team need to raise their level of play. And that goes on the defensive side of the ball. Dexter Lawrence has played very well over the first three weeks. You wouldn't know it because of the way the Giants' defense has performed. But Lawrence is playing well. He's not getting the plays that blew up games last year. Part of that is not his fault. It's the way they're playing around him. Complimentary football. It's also the teams that they're playing. And... For the Cowboys game, you almost have to look at that and say, let's treat that differently. But the 49ers game, look, they were competing. It was 17-12. They went for two. They didn't get it. They're down 17-12. They competed with that team. Now, did the 49ers take their foot off the gas? Maybe. Did the Giants make a ton of mistakes? Absolutely. But they need to compete for four quarters against the Seattle Seahawks team. Seahawks are good. Don't get me wrong. Geno Smith showed last year that he is a different quarterback than he was when he was here in New York. And they have weapons on offense. Tyler Lockett killed the Giants last year. DK Metcalf will beat any defense that he's up against when he's going well. The tandem of backs, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, the rookie, will give the Giants fits if they allow him to. But it's time. this team, I said, this needs a spark. They need to play with some fire. I can appreciate where the Giants are coming from, from the coaching staff on down. Stay even keel. That's what Brian Dable wants. He wants them to stick to the process. The process will get the results. This Giants team needs to wake up. Someone needs to show some fire. I know Xavier McKinney is the emotional leader in pregame speeches. We got to see something more out of all of the big players on this team. Ten captains, you got to show up. You got to find that hunger in this team that, quite frankly, has been very sporadic and inconsistent over the first three weeks of the season. Something is missing. And it's up to this team to find it. Because if they think they're going to compete for a playoff spot in the NFC, they need to do something over the next three weeks. They need to find themselves and play well. You need to beat Seattle at home on Monday. You're probably competing for, for a wild card with Seattle come December. You got to take care of them now. 
And then you take your shot against Miami and Buffalo. You never know what's going to happen with those two games. But if you start playing well, people will feel good or at least better about where you stand as a team. And that starts with fundamentals. And that brings me to the first interview with Bobby Okereke. He did a big group session yesterday. I was on the other side of the locker room talking to a couple other players. I made my way over to Okereke's locker. It was me, Bobby Okereke, for about five minutes talking tackling and fundamentals. I think you'll enjoy what Okereke had to say. I thought he was pretty honest. Uh, so here's our interview. Bobby Okereke, middle linebacker for the New York Giants. Just in terms of, I know a lot has been made of tackling. Yep. A guy who has spent his entire life perfecting mm-hmm. tackling. How, how hard is it to watch that stuff and know that it, you, know, you guys collectively have put that on film? Yeah, uh, obviously we're a very prideful group. So, uh, you know, we put just a, a big emphasis on putting good stuff on film. Uh, and obviously it hurts when you don't. Um, but like any fundamental skill in football, um, tackling is a big one. It's one you have to work on. Um, I had a great coach tell me that, you know, tackling is about technique and desire. Uh, And I believe we all have great desire on this defense to tackle. Now it's just all about technique. Um, And it's working that technique in practice. Um, And like I said, it's just a fundamental skill of football. Um, Whether it's blocking, catching, tackling, you know, if you're not doing it well on Sunday, you just got to go back to the grindstone and work on it throughout the week. And that's what we're going to be this week. You know, somebody who hasn't played the game to any level that you've reached, but you, you look at it and you go, oh, well, you know, it's like riding a bike. You're, you're learning like that. I mean, but then if that were the case, you wouldn't practice things. 100%. Right? Yeah. I mean, so what, What when you guys are practicing out there today in pads, what are you focused on? Is it just repetition, kind of bringing back the muscle memory of, all right, this is what I know how to do it. It's 100%. You guys don't know how to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Nobody's, nobody's perfect. Um, we're all going to go out here and have our fair share of mistakes. Um, and that's what we practice every week to go work on it so uh, working on different you know tackling scenarios throughout the game whether it's you know breaking a stiff arm whether it's an open field tackle whether it's a sideline tackle um, and then another emphasis is uh, getting uh, everybody the ball and hustling uh, there'll be a lot less missed tackles if you know there's three four guys in a phone booth as opposed to one um, so it's kind of just having the mentality that we all got to hunt together um, and that'll just clean up you know what we've shown so far take me inside a little bit I don't expect all the details but when you, you guys put the pads on first practice is really since before you went to Arizona. I mean, that's how long it's been. Yep. What was today like in terms of getting back out there and being able to hit a little bit? Uh, it was good. It was fun and it was intense. Um, I mean, we all know at this level, uh, if you want to play good, you got to treat practice like the game and have that same intensity. So when you're out there on game day, it's just um, second nature. Um, so yeah, it was great intensity out there. We were flying around. We were hitting. Uh, we were working on our you know fundamentals and techniques. And um, yeah, we're just excited for the rest of the week of practice. Now you guys were kind of doing almost like a, a circuit, almost like what we'd see in training camp, right? Yep. Go from one spot to the other. Yeah. What What's that like when it's in there? I mean, does it almost recharge your battery a little bit when you're bouncing back and forth, and that's a focus? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's just a fundamental, you know, skill of football that we got to work on. Um, obviously, we miss a lot of tackles to this date. Um, so just put an extra emphasis on it. We'll clean that up and, uh, you know, just keep working on other fundamentals and techniques. If you didn't put that focus because of what happened in San Francisco, would you have... Become 
because of this team and the two backs and obviously Metcalf. I mean, these are guys who are among the lead leaders and, you know, making people miss. So you'd probably be putting that kind of focus onto this week anyway. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's based off your own self-stout and self-study, which we've done after these first three weeks, and then based off your opponent. So, you know, if we were in the game and, you know, we're really getting beat on cover two drops, you know, we'd probably have a circuit of everybody just getting your landmarks and work on fundamentals of cover two or whether, you know, the boost scheme or, um, you know, in-pocket play action was beating us. You know, that's really what, what the self-scout is. You kind of just iterate throughout the process, figure out where your weaknesses are, work on those, and build upon your strengths. So uh, we feel good about our process. For a guy who his only game as a giant that counted at home was the season opener and how that played out. Yeah. you still have a bad taste in your mouth? want to go out there and kind of show something to this this crowd that, you know, you spent all offseason saying you can't wait to go out and represent the Giants and what it means to be a Giant for you? 100%. Uh, we love our fans. We appreciate their support. Um, you know, they make game day um, and really just this giant experience, you know, as you know, exciting as fun as it is. So we want to bring them a great product on the field and we're excited for that Monday night. Thanks, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks to Bobby Okereke. And shortly after that, I moved down a couple lockers away from Okereke to Marcus McKeithen. And, you know, I think it's very interesting when a player emerges, especially early on in the year, that you really weren't counting on from the summer, at least outside the organization. You know, I had heard good things about McKeithen and the way he was playing last year in the summer, in the preseason. Then he goes out and tears his ACL, so his rookie season is gone. Uh, but Marcus McKeithen emerging. Look, the Giants need to lean on some of these draft picks. They've put resources into the offensive line. You know, and I think they were looking for continuity when they got to Arizona. I really do. I think they knew that Andrew Thomas wasn't going to play. They didn't anticipate losing Ben Bredesen to a concussion. So that was the entire left side of the line out. But I think they want continuity, and I think they're going to get continuity now with John Michael Schmitz at center, Marcus McKeithen at right guard, and Evan Neal at right tackle. And I think they hope that they get Andrew Thomas back and Ben Bredesen back at left guard. Josh Azudu will then be your top reserve at guard or tackle, whichever spot he needs to fill in. I think he'll end up being the swing tackle and kind of the jumbo tight end when all things are said and done. Ahead of Matt Pert. And then you go. And now you have six offensive linemen that are all young. Ben Bredesen is not this grizzly veteran. He's a four-year player. So I think, you know, he has an opportunity here to show that he can be a part of this. And I think that's where it starts for the Giants. I said my piece on Andrew Thomas. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, we'll have more Monday morning on our game day podcast about where I feel uh, the line lo- what the line looks like. And uh, before... I go any further, let's get to my interview with Marcus McKeithen, uh, and then I'll follow up and close the show with my thoughts on Saquon Barkley and uh, and kick you into the weekend where uh, you can focus all on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey at MetLife Stadium on Sunday before getting going Monday night with the Giants and the Seahawks. So here's Marcus McKeithen. Hey, Marcus. Uh, what is the last... 
two weeks been for you. You waited and waited and waited to have to play two. You know, you get two games in the start lineup mm-hmm. in a matter of five days. It's kind of been a whirlwind. Uh, I mean, I will think the, the vets and just the coaches could repeatedly tell you like it's a national football league, so you always got to be ready. So I mean, I felt like I did a good job doing that, so being prepared mentally, physically. So I feel like I didn't, uh, I didn't panic too much. <laughs> when did you feel like you were going to get an opportunity going back to the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. the way it starts, when you're standing mm-hmm. around, you're waiting, yeah. working in practice, but um, just the idea of how hard is that to wait for an opportunity? Um, I think I mean, it's, it's pretty hard, but I feel like the, for me it wasn't too difficult because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, you just got to take out a day at a time and just know, like, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, your opportunity going to come, like, or, or some shape or form. So I just kept doing that. I just didn't let it frustrate me too much. I mean, of course, it's going to bother you a little bit to be on the sideline. Everybody's getting reps and you not, but, you know. It's kind of funny because you, as a rookie, you, you lose your entire rookie team. Mm-hmm. Talked to Juan Bell about really it this like summer, the idea that, that you know, at least he got three and a half months, yeah. you know, essentially. I mean, it was for you to get hurt when you did. What was your rookie year like? I mean, yeah, Do you almost feel like you, it, you know, it's like, yeah. a, in a do-over in a sense like, you for you know, that uh, you didn't get that experience? I mean, in some ways, in some ways not. Uh, as far as just, like, getting used to the mental prep, the routines, because I was, I was still in the building all that whole time, so it's like I've seen them, the other guys have their routines and how they approach the film and meetings. So I kind of got a taste of that already. But like I said earlier uh, with somebody else, it's like the physical components. I'm missing out on that a little bit. So like, it's what I'm trying to get used to. And that that's also the idea of, you know, physically, you really didn't get the... the Mm-hmm. Green light for physically until August, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. to go out and hit somebody. Right, right. What was that like to go that long without doing <laughs> what you were paid to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, it was just, it was just weird because, like, like doing all my rehab, we're not really doing football drills. We're doing our rehab, so I just, just going that, going from just rehab to then actually doing football again. It was just, it just felt weird. I honestly, it's the best way to put it. So take me to Arizona. You get your first opportunity. What was that like for you? Uh, big league. A little bit of jitters, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's still football. So it was just exciting. So People talk about that physical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Did you feel it early on? I mean, going against yeah. the other guys, not really having that uh, that experience? Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like I, I didn't. Going into the game, I feel like I was prepared. Because, I mean, we, we still practice against, like, Dex and Leo. So, I mean, I feel like I was still kind of prepared going into the game. Not kind of, I was prepared going into the game. So, yeah. To have to go against the San Francisco defensive front mm-hmm. on a week where you had no on-field yeah. practice, no walk-through. I see the smile on your face. Mm-hmm. How challenging was that? Oh. Have you faced a challenge like that in your football career? Uh, no, I feel like that's kind of like unique as far as just not actually having being able to physically prep and then, then just having to go in all off the mental off the mental film, the walkthroughs, and have to use all that before a game. I mean, like, yeah, that definitely was a huge challenge. Give me a little scouting report on Marcus McKeithen. Now you settled in there as, at guard, and you know, Coach Davis said the other day, you know, mm-hmm. if things work out a certain way, he sees no reason why you wouldn't be at right guard again on Monday night. Okay. For you, what should people expect as you grow into that position? What do you mm-hmm. see from yourself? Uh, I just, I just want to be somebody like, yeah, like. Uh, uh, you can know you run the, run the ball behind. Cause, I mean, I'm a big dude, so I just want to move people. Um, and being able to just anchor and just be like a, a firm 
be firm and just sit in the depth and width of the pocket and just, and just being dependable. That's, that's what I want to be, just dependable. Dependable? Yeah. Have you had to grow into that spot a little bit? Because you moved up and down the line in college, um, right? No, no, in college I was mostly right guard. So, like, for me, it's kind of just okay. a familiar place. Yeah, so. Um, you know, Josh Zudu said, you know, who's your you know, locker partner, buddy from college. Mm-hmm. He said the other day, you know, he's rooting for you. I mean, so what it yeah. means for him, he's rooting for you. Mm-hmm. How much did you gain by watching him last year and go through what he went through? Obviously, he had the yeah. injury every year, but did you take things from watching his experience mm-hmm. to help you this year? Yeah, I mean, cause as far as physically, we're a little bit different players, but even then, you still pick up on things from technique and everything else like that, but also just mentally, like, how you feel this week, how you feel going into it preparation-wise, and just talking to them, just bouncing off each other, like, bouncing off deals off each other, like, how you felt, and then uh, how you think you should be key on on this week and stuff like that. So it was just, just nice having that already, like, prior bond and communication already. Take me inside the, your preparation for Seattle for Monday night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's your first home game, mm-hmm. so I would imagine you're excited about that. But Seattle's front, what, what do you impre- what impresses you most about what you're yeah, yeah, so yeah. Oh, they, they give you a lot of movement, a lot of twists, and a lot of stunts. So, I mean, I thought we got to be crisp and uh, we got to be just detail-oriented this week on make sure we bump the uh, puzzles all smoothly. And we just make sure we have a clean pocket. Thought on being in that first game in that life? That uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just ready to play, man. Just locked in and just, just got to stay focused. Thanks, yeah. All right, thanks to Marcus McKeithen for joining me. Uh, you know, like I said, I think one of the things about these Giants is that they're nice guys. And, I, and what I want to see on Monday night is the opposite of nice. What a Sean Robinson mixing it up against San Francisco, that's a good thing. This team needs to show some fight. Nothing dirty, but they need to show some fire. Now, I know sometimes that fire and urgency comes through in execution, and that's what the Giants will tell you, but I do think that there needs to be that spark on Monday night. You need to have that edge. You know who had that edge? The Detroit Lions. First of the two joint practices back in August – when the Giants came out, the Lions kind of punched them in the mouth. Figuratively, not literally, but the Giants kind of were taken aback a little bit. You saw that edge again from the Lions if you watched Thursday Night Football and what Detroit did to Green Bay in Lambeau. Giants have to find that fight. They need to find that spark. Because if they don't have it, I don't know if they're good enough to get to that execution point where the execution is lifting them to victories over the competition that they're seeing. They need something extra. And that something extra sometimes comes with an attitude and a personality. I like talking to Marcus McKeithen. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, and I think... You know, he's going to grow into that spot. He's going to get the opportunity to grow into that spot. It's very rare that Brian Dable comes out at the beginning of the week and anoints someone a starter. And he did that with McKeith and a right guard. I think the Giants have decided that they need continuity up front, not just for this week, the next week, the following week. They need a unit now that they can build upon for the entire season. Let these guys grow together. Let them face challenges like they did against Dallas with a different offensive line, as they did with San Francisco in prime time with no padded practices in Arizona. That matters. It's not an excuse, but it matters. It matters to teams that rely on it. 
If it didn't matter, they wouldn't practice. You wouldn't hear about guys saying we had a great week of practice. That whole idea, don't tell me that what we do on the practice field translates to game day. And then on a week when you don't practice, you only have two walkthroughs, you're going to say, well, it's no excuse. No, you're, it's an excuse that you're not going to use, but it's a reason as to why you may have played the way you did, maybe the way you lacked that edge. San Francisco is a better team. Up and down. They're in a different position than the Giants are right now. They're a contender. They believe they will win the Super Bowl this year. They believe they would win the Super Bowl last year if Brock Purdy doesn't hurt his elbow against the Philadelphia Eagles. The week after the Giants kind of got run out of the link in the first half against the Eagles. So competition does matter. And the Giants need that edge to gain that edge in practice. And that's up to this coaching staff and the players to find that edge. So I said I would touch on the Saquon Barkley situation. Watched them all day Thursday. We'll watch them again on Friday. Check out my story on NorthJersey.com. Will Saquon Barkley play Monday night? Something different. We're going to update it. Every day with what I see from Saquon in practice, what I hear in the locker room, what's said by the coaches, uh, and ultimately, hopefully, what's said by Saquon if he meets the media on Friday or Saturday. Um, You know, I didn't think he looked terrible in practice. You know, sometimes you see guys who just don't look like they're moving well. Uh, But I do believe that uh, Saquon is a little bit off and not necessarily... uh, ready for Monday night. Now, that may change after having a practice Thursday. Maybe he feels as though, you know, he can open up a little bit. But if I had to lean into it right now, I'd say we are not going to see Saquon on Monday night. I would think that he comes back for the Dolphins game. You can make the argument that you're going to need him uh, even more so to keep up with the Dolphins, even though the Seahawks have also been a high-scoring team. I believe they've hit 30 points two of the three weeks. So it remains to be seen, but I don't believe as of right now, recording this Friday morning, that Saquon will play on Monday night. Uh, But I am leaving the door open until he's ruled out. I think there's a chance, Uh, but I'd lean towards a DNP uh, on Monday night with Saquon. That would leave Matt Breda and... Gary Brightwell, I don't believe that the Giants are ready to put Eric Gray in the backfield, uh, but I do think that the 11 rushing attempts against San Francisco was as much a product of a short week and the San Francisco defense. Now look, Seattle has a good rushing defense as well, so I don't think it's a matter of the Giants coming out and trying to run all over Seattle. You want to keep them honest a little bit. Maybe that comes with Daniel Jones running a little bit more than what he has so far this season. Uh, But I think to beat Seattle, the defense has to step up, make some plays. You can't make mistakes on special teams, which obviously happened against the Cowboys in the opener, but also happened last year in Seattle when the Giants lost to the Seahawks. The two fumbles by Richie James on the punt returns, uh, that is something that cannot happen if you're going to win a game against, as Tiki said, the 
peer tier teams that are on your level or at least supposed to be on your level so that wraps it up for today's edition of all in hope you guys enjoyed the interviews with mckeithan and okarake i will be back monday morning with our game day podcast everything you need to know about giant seahawks monday night don't lose faith giants fans you still got a chance your season's not over even though i know a lot of you have bailed on social media uh it's not being a shill to say that the season's not over yet. I still think there's another level that this team can take its play to. Uh, It's just a matter of finding it. I'm not guaranteeing that they do find it, but I do think it's possible. So let's wait and see, see if the Giants can raise their game on Monday night and put up a far better showing than they did the last time they were inside MetLife Stadium against the Cowboys. Again, appreciate you being all in. We're all in, too. We'll see you Monday morning. Enjoy your weekend of football. And the Giants will be back Monday night against Seattle.